Today, we're going to look at what the Bible says about strong children. So I'm going to preach to the young people today. And you old folks, you need to listen and implement these things and help your young people to follow along with these things. Why don't we start with a word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. And it's wonderful that we are not left rudderless on on this sea of life, not knowing how to raise our children. And Lord, I'm so glad that you've given us the truth. And for the children, I'm so thankful that you have told them exactly what they need to do. So, Father, I pray that you'll help me this morning as I try to communicate some of those things. And, Father, thank you for the young people that you've brought to this church. And, Lord, I am so proud of them. And, Lord, I pray that they'll go into life representing you well, representing their homes well, representing the gospel well. Lord, help us to see a little bit of what that is today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we do want strong children, don't we? We want strong children. Look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1. Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. All right? This is Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. So, all you young people, the first thing that a, that a strong young person does, the first thing that strong children do is they listen. They listen. Man, I remember my mom, she'd be saying something to me and I'd be doing this. She helped me listen, right? It is so fun to, to just get them by the chin, get them by the face and, and, and just help them to focus. And what's really funny, how many of you have ever seen this? Where's Jacob? Jacob, come here. So, yeah, don't touch the hair. <laughs> it won't move anyway. Um, so, you know, you've got, you've got the face, and then the kid is doing this. You've got the face, and the kid's going, do everything they can to not look at you. And, you know, I would help guide Jacob. We'd be going somewhere. We'd be shopping, and he'd be wandering over, and I would help him. I would guide him and help him. Thanks, Jake. He can sit down. It's a bummer that he's taller than me. It is, it is an interesting thing. You children, the best thing, the best thing that you can do with your life is listen. It's just listen, pay attention, but not to everything. You know, there are voices that you shouldn't listen to. Wisdom is knowing which voices to listen to and which ones not to listen to. And those of you that God has given godly parents, that's how that voice comes to you. So let's look at a couple of things. Keep Put a ribbon there in Proverbs chapter 4 because we're going to come back. But look at Proverbs chapter 1. Look at verse 7. How do you know who to listen to? How do, how do you know, you know, we're, we're talking about how strong children listen, but how do you know what to listen to? So Proverbs 1 verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. All right? Now, I don't think any of you, your goal is to be a fool. That your goal in life is to be a fool. Um, but let me tell you what a fool does. A fool refuses to listen. A fool cannot receive instruction. How many of you know kids at school that it doesn't matter what the teacher says, they're just not going to listen? Y'all know somebody like that? Yeah. Um, I want to ask you how many of you are that. I want to ask you that question. But, you know, the Bible gives us the result, the end of that. So this says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So what does the fear of the Lord mean? 
When the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, what does that mean? Um, well, the perfect illustration is this. How many of you, your dad gave you a job to do, and he said, by the time I get home, I expect this to be done. How many of you, that has happened at one point in your life? Have you ever gotten to where you spent the whole day, and then, you know, dad said he's going to be home at four, he expects it to be done, it's quarter to four, and you just remembered you know, not necessarily the exact times, but how many of you have ever experienced that, that feeling? That's the fear of the Lord. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It's godly fear. Now, sometimes people try to say reverential awe, and I just don't see that in the Scripture. Should we have awe of God? Yes. But that if God wanted us to awe Him, He would use that word. He used the word fear. And i got to tell you, if I had done wrong and my dad was coming home and he knew that I had done wrong, I did not like that. What was I? I was afraid. I was afraid. Now, now, this is very important. I was never afraid that my father was going to kill me. I wasn't afraid that I was going to be maimed. I didn't, I didn't have fear that my father was going to do something you know, utterly horrible to me. But I knew I was going to be punished. And I knew it wasn't going to be fun. That's the kind of fear that we're supposed to have of God. Fear the Lord. And what that really means is fear consequences. I think that there are a lot of people in the world that they have been removed from the consequences of their actions. And because of that, they don't have any fear. They're never actually punished and so they don't have fear. And what that does is it, it programs a child not to listen. It programs the child not to listen. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 13. Look at verse 1. So this would be the opposite of a foolish child. All right? So Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 1. A wise son heareth his father's instruction. All right? So do you see how a strong child listens? All right? So a wise son heareth his father's instruction. You know, one of the funniest things I ever saw was it was uh, Joe Montana being interviewed. And he had a son that was playing quarterback in high school or whatever. And he didn't want his father to teach him. Joe Montana. That kid's an idiot. And what's interesting is I don't think he's playing anywhere. He's not doing anything. A wise son listens to his father's instruction. Amen? A wise son listens to his father's instruction. But look at the second half of the verse. But a scorner heareth not rebuke. You see, when your father, when your mother corrects you children, they're not doing it because they dislike you. They're doing it because they love you and their job is to change the pattern of your life into one that will allow you to be successful and to be happy. You know, the most unhappy people in the world are those who have always been set, told yes because eventually you got into the real world and the real world doesn't care about your feelings, right? So on these college campuses where they have safe spaces, right? How many of you have a safe space at work? How many of you employers provide safe spaces for your people. 
Here, here's your safe space. Shut up and get your job done. That's your safe space. Isn't that right? So all, the, all this idea of verbal violence, you know, verbal violence. My dad showed me real violence. <laughs> you know, these people, they, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're giving children this idea that ideas aren't to be considered, they're to be shunned. And so if you have an idea that offends you, then it's bad. I heard a guy say this. He was giving, giving a speech at Yale. And he said, some of what I'm going to say is, is going to hurt your feelings. Fortunately, I don't care. <laughs> because the simple fact is, truth doesn't care about your feelings. Truth just is. Now, loving people care about your feelings, right? But your boss is really not going to care about your feelings very much. That's not reality. You're not there to be pampered. You're there to get the job done and make your boss money. And if you make your boss money, you'll make money. If you don't make your boss money, you're going to lose your job. Your feelings have nothing to do with it. Amen, parents? It's just the reality of it. And the way that God has designed for you to be prepared for life is that you listen to your parents where they instruct you, but they also rebuke you. And you can see that in 13.1, Proverbs 13.1. A wise son heareth his father's instruction. What is that? That's the positive stuff that he tells you how to do. Um, my dad, my dad was nonstop teaching us what to do. Everywhere you go, you know, he'd say, he'd tell us what this was. He'd tell us what that was. I remember, and dad was not a touchy-feely guy. You know, there was never any of this. Son, um, is it okay if I tell you what to do? Are you ready to hear me right now? Hmm? <laughs> I wish my dad was here right now. He'd be laughing his head off at that. Here's how my dad would teach us. Um, we're in the shop, and I had taken a battery out of the car. I'd put it on the shop floor. Get the battery off the floor. It's going to drain it. Put something under it. What did he do? He instructed me. He didn't care about my feelings. He cared that the battery was going to be drained, and it wouldn't be any good, and he taught me not to do that. What was he doing? He was giving me instruction. Now, if I had scorned that, imagine if I had said to my dad, hey, hey, take the battery off of the floor, put something under it, it's going to drain it. You don't know what you're talking about. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. How does concrete drain a battery? Now, first of all, that process never went through my mind. Because <laughs> the battery would have gone through my mind next. You know? that, that just... <laughs> Never. It never would have happened. But that's what a scorner does. That's what a scorner does. So young people, when you're given instruction, if your immediate reaction is to argue, well, look at what the Bible calls you. The Bible calls you a scorner. A scorner. Let's look at what happens to young people who do that. Look at verse 18. So Proverbs 13, verse 18. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. But he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. So you will never have a job where everything is rosy. All right? And the idea, and, you know, I don't guess we have a lot of apprenticeships anymore. I think that apprenticeship is a really good idea. Actually, that's what minimum wage jobs are supposed to be, right? You're not supposed to live on that. You're supposed to learn how to work on that. But it doesn't matter what job you have. Let's say that you go to work for a tree trimmer. You're going to do something wrong, and your boss is going to give you instruction on how to do that, how to do it right. 
Now, I got to tell you, if you're using a chainsaw in the wrong way, you know, how many of you think that it's a really good idea to know which direction to hold a chainsaw? How many of you think that that's a good idea to know that? All right. Understanding the way the tool works. So if your instructor, your boss says, don't do this, do this. If, if you continually do it the wrong way, you're not going to have a job or a leg or whatever. Right. Is that true? And so what happens, according to the Bible, and, and it just so happens the Bible is true, poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. So if you can't listen, you won't be able to keep a job, and you're going to end up in a van down by the river. It is so important that you understand this, young people. Strong children, listen. You parents, have you ever said, listen to me? Have you ever said that? It's never happened, right? Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Why? Look at the next passage. Look with me at verse 24. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him be times. That means over and over and over again. I love my child too much to discipline him. No, you don't love him. Look at, cha look at uh, chapter 14. Chapter 14, look at verse 9. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. Look at verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Look with me at chapter 15. Look at verse 20. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. I've talked with moms who have children that are foolish, and their hearts are broken. And it's amazing how often the child just does not care about his mother. How many of you kids love your mom? Kids, you love your mom. Well, then don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. What is a fool? A fool is one that, re that refuses instruction. You can't be told anything. I heard an old preacher say years ago, two men will never succeed. The man who can be told nothing and the man who must be told everything. You ever worked with somebody that had no initiative? They had to be told to do every little thing they had to be told. Man, I would sure hate it if my children were that way. I would hate it. And then I would also hate it if my kids couldn't work because they couldn't receive instruction. They couldn't follow directions. What I always said was, you know, my kid will be running down the hall in the church with your children. All right? That's what kids do. Isn't that right? But what I would hope is that if you said stop running, that my children would stop running. Children need instruction. Would you all agree with that? Children need instruction. But godly children know how to respond and obey instructions. All right? So godly children, listen. Look at chapter 15. Look at verse 32. Young people, a strong child, strong children, listen. Look at verse 32. He that refuseth instruction, look at this, despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. See, you can't listen unless you believe that the person who is teaching you has something to teach you. That's humility. If you think that you already know everything, no one can teach you anything. And I've got to tell you something. I, I have been a lifelong learner. My whole life is studying and learning. I would hate to get to the place at 53 years old where I said, well, I've got it all now. Don't need to learn anything else. Wouldn't that be a horrible thing for a pastor? How many of you want a pastor that continues to learn and grow and to have stuff to feed you? Well, you young people, you have to understand that at 
10 years old, at 12 years old, at 15 years old, you have acquired knowledge, but not all of it. And it's impossible. Television gives you this idea that a 12-year-old can be wiser than his father. A 12-year-old can be wiser than his mother. Is that the silliest thing in the world? It's just crazy. It, I love it on television how children are the fount of all wisdom. You're not. You're just not. And all the young people said, Amen. Amen. And here's the deal. You do know some things. You're not stupid. You, 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 <laughs> Luke, why was that funny? It's the first time you've ever heard that? <laughs> You're making me laugh. <laughs> See, these young people, they're so bright. They know so much. They learn so much faster. There's more opportunities for learning than at any time in history. So you have a lot of knowledge, but you don't know everything. You don't know everything. You might be able to work a remote better than me. All right? You can work your iPhone better than me. My kids laugh at me at how long it takes. I could write a manuscript with a quill faster than I can text. <laughs> and so you guys can do those things, but you need instruction. You just do. You just need instruction. All right? So let's go back to Proverbs 4. So strong children listen. Strong children, listen. So verse 1 again. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. So not only do strong children listen, but strong children understand. They understand. Um, one of the hard things for a child to understand is how hard life is for your parents. And I think we would say that that's a good thing. You know, you try to protect your children from what life is really like until it's time for them to go into it, right? So every bad situation at work, you don't come home and tell your children about that because you don't want your children to be insecure. You want them to know, mom and dad love you. We're going to provide for you. You have a safe home. All of those things, they're important for a child to be secure and to develop uh, well. How many of you agree with that? It's really important. But it's also important for you children to understand that your parents are doing that for you and that they work really hard. So sometimes your dad comes home and he's just not up to throwing the football with you. You know, well, that's probably because he's worked hard and he's had a tough day and you just need to love your dad and try and understand him. You know, you get home, your mom's worked all day and she's trying to make supper and get everything done and you're all over the place. You're not listening to what she has to say and then she melts down on you and you say, I hate you. Now, i got to say, that would only be said in our house once. And that was never said in our house. And that was never said in the house I grew up in. But how many of you have heard a child say something like that? Well, what that demonstrates is a lack of understanding. You don't hate your mom. You don't hate your dad. You just don't like what they're saying to you. And what you all need to understand is how hard life is for your mom and dad. They work really hard. They have financial burdens. They have struggles and they protect those they protect you from those things and a strong child the older you get the more you recognize how hard your parents work and what they do for you. Um you know when I grew up we just didn't have anything. We were poor. 
And when I say we're poor, there were times there's no food in the house. I mean, it was tough. And so for us, for me, there's nothing that I've enjoyed more than buying things for Jacob and for Lydia. And I just, I like that. And they're spoiled rotten and they're probably going to be in prison one of these days. Jake's going to be an axe murderer or something. But... But what I've tried to do is provide things for them. But something that we've always done is we've tried to explain to them the value of things. Let me tell you how long you have to work to have this. Let me tell you what this costs, what it really means. So like a house, $100,000 house. You know, a child, you guys have, you have no understanding of what $100,000 is. All right, so you hear about a, a star making a million dollars. Your mom and dad might not make a million dollars in their entire life. And so they're working so hard. What is that? That's understanding. Understanding, it, what that is biblically, understanding, is it's knowing what to do with the knowledge you've been given. It's, oh, that's why it's like that. So a strong child listens and a strong child understands. How many of you kids are going to work real hard to understand your parents? Will you do that? You work real hard to understand your parents and what they're doing. And I can promise you this. You don't have perfect parents. There aren't any. Right? Jesus, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. That, that You want a perfect father, look to him. Other than that, your dad is trying to obey God, obey the Lord, and do the best that he can, and he loves you. And I want you to see that. Not only do strong children listen and understand, they know that they're loved. Look at verse 2. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. Okay, i got to stop right there for just a second. You, you need to understand the law of your father. Here's the idea. If dad says, no, we're not going to do that. Well, heaven and earth may pass away, but my law is not going to pass away. If I say no, that means no. And you dads, your no needs to mean no. Because if you vacillate, then your children can't respect you as they ought to. Is that fair? How many of you think that's fair? Right Now, don't be unreasonable. If you say no, then you get more information. Then you can say, hey, you know what? I found this out. Well, yeah, we can do that. But listen, don't forsake your father's law. And this is something that you really need to understand. It's not your house. It's your dad's house. Those aren't your clothes. Those, those clothes belong to your mom and dad. So we, we've said that, you know. If, if I had a child, and I don't, praise God, but if I had a child that didn't want to obey the rules, they can leave. And I'll tell you what, I'll be kind enough to give you the clothes you're wearing. Other than that, it's all mine. All those toys you've got, yeah, mine. That bed, mine. That shower, mine. Your hair gel, it's mine. That shampoo, it's mine. You got nothing. You better obey my law. Anybody agree with me on that? Oh, they worked hard. They mowed the grass. <laughs> you do that to be able to live there. One time the kids were little and they were picking up. We had these hedge apple things, you know, they're the curse of Satan. And they'd, they'd fall in our yard. Listen, folks, they don't scare spiders away. We have people knock on the door. Hey, can I get some of those hedge apples out there? I'm going to keep the spiders out. And you go out in the yard and they got spiders crawling on them. But anyway... I say, yeah, please. They do. They kill spiders. They really do. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, there, Jacob and Lydia are picking up hedge apples. 
And Pastor Nathan came by, and he said, oh, that's cute, because they were little. He said, oh, that's cute. Do you give them, you know, a nickel each or whatever? I said, no, they get to live here. <laughs> Amen? Now, it's okay if you want to give your kids an allowance, but you know what that allowance? It's mine. You mess up, it's coming out of the account. It's mine. See, children need to understand where their blessings come from. They come from mom and dad. And here's something you need to know. Okay, all you young people, look at me real quick. Y'all look at me. Here's what you deserve. Nothing. Nothing. Now, it's your parents' responsibility to provide for you. What are they supposed to provide? Clothes, food, and shelter. They don't have to buy band instruments. They don't have to buy cell phones. They don't have to buy cool shoes. They don't have to buy cool clothes. They don't have to give you a cool haircut. It could be the bowl. <laughs> they owe you nothing. And all the parents said, man, that was lame. And all the parents said, they owe you nothing. All right, so look it. Here's why they do things for you. Here's what you need to know. Look at verse 3. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. There's no way you can know how much your parents love you. They might not always show it well. You know, my, my dad was terrible at that. But I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he loved me. There's no way that you can know how loved you are. And parents, I think that that's one of the, the best ways for a child to develop properly is to have that knowledge and that confidence that mom and dad love each other and they love them. Would you all agree with that? So young people, you, strong children know that they're loved. So that idea, you know, you've heard kids say that. They look at their mom and dad and say, I hate you. Well, you don't have any idea what that does to them. They love you more than life. And that's hard to understand. That when you walk, you're sitting at, they're sitting at home and you just walk up the stairs. They look at you and their eyes well up with tears. They love you so much. There's no way for you to know how much you're loved. And so mom tells you girls, well, that, that, those clothes don't match. You need to wear something else. And then there starts to be this conflict in the home because you don't trust your mom on your clothes. You don't have any idea how much she loves you and what she's trying to do for you. Well, she doesn't know what's in style. Yeah, because all moms are idiots. Moms know what's going on. Your dads. When your dads give you instruction, it's not because they hate you. It's because they love you. Strong children know that they are loved. So when I give my kids instruction or I correct them, it's not because they're bothering me. It's because I want them to have a good life. I want them to honor the Lord. I want them to have godly character. I want them to do well in life. Any of your parents agree with me on that? That's why we give instruction. So strong children, listen. Strong children understand. Strong children know that they are loved. And then this is so important. Look at what it says in verse 4. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, that's the wisdom, and she shall preserve thee. 
Love her and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. What is that? That's all about wisdom. Now, look at what it says in verse 10. And this is what I want you to see. Strong children choose righteousness. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. This is something that you need to understand. How many of you young people want to die young? Any of you? You want to die young? Well, then obey your parents. According to the word of God, obeying your parents will cause you to live longer. That's what the Bible just said. Look what the next verse says. Verse 11, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away unless they have caught, they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend unto my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. And let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. So what is that passage talking about? Your mom and dad love you so much that they have you in a Bible-preaching church. They bring you to Awana. They have you in a Christian youth group. They have you in Sunday school. They have you, they're giving you instruction. They teach you at home. They try to correct you. They instruct you in righteousness. They're doing all of these things for you so that when you get a little bit older, when you get to the college age, uh, um, Kayla saying, Ethan is here, some of these others, that you're, you're college age young people. Well, you're not really established in life yet, but you're not children anymore. And so what your mom and dad say to you is they say, now you're going to go to school, but walk right. Do right. When the evil people come, stay away from those evil people. When those people try to give you something, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be pornography, it could be gambling. It can just be utter foolishness that can get you in trouble. The Bible says, and what your parents are trying to get you to do, is to not go down that path because it can end in ruin. It can end in ruin. And so you young people, what you need to understand is that strong young people choose righteousness at an early age. How many of you know kids at school that have a bad reputation? Would you raise your hand? They have a bad reputation. Don't let that be you. Girls, how do you get a bad reputation? By doing stuff with boys that you're not supposed to do. Any of you agree with me on that? So don't do that. If you don't do that, you won't get the bad reputation. You guys, how do you get a bad reputation? By doing stuff you're not supposed to do. By being an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Choose life. 
choose righteousness. Strong young people choose righteousness. And what happens is that the rebel can appear to be the cool person. You know, boy, they're standing up. They're not going to take anything. Oh, it's funny. They're mocking the teacher. They're mocking the leadership. They're mocking the people that are doing right. Well, that person, unless they get saved and get turned around, that person is in for a life of destruction, possibly prison. Talk to your teachers about the kids who behave that way. You know, the next step is the special school, and then the next step is, is juvie, and then the next step is prison. How many of you know kids that have gone down that path? Don't do it. Do not go down that path. Jesus said, stop it. So it's really important that you kids understand that strong children listen. Strong children listen. Strong children understand. Strong children know that they're loved. And strong children choose righteousness. One of the hard things for you to understand right now, you young people look up here at me. I'm done with this. Man, I was going to be done shorter. But anyway, story of my life. I think that you guys want to choose righteousness. All of you children that want to choose righteousness, teenagers and above. I know you don't like to be called children, but it fits with the title of the sermon. Um, How many of you want to do right? Would you raise your hands? You want to do right. See, I believe that. I really do believe that about you. But one of the things about being a child is you don't always know what right is. You don't know what the right choice is. That's why God gave you godly parents. That's why God gave you a pastor. That's why God gave you a youth pastor. That's why God gave you Sunday school teachers and Awana leaders. That's why God gave you Christian school teachers. You know, some of you kids at the Christian school, you've got teachers who will give you good advice. Some of you kids that go to the public school, you've got Christian teachers who will give you good advice. God has brought these people into your life because they know things that you don't. So strong children listen. Strong children understand. Strong children know that they're loved. And strong children choose righteousness. Man, I hope that you kids will choose righteousness. I got to tell you, and this is, I'm done. Let's all stand. That'll prove that I'm done. (laughs) I want you to know this. I can't imagine a better life than the life that God has given me. The things that God has allowed me to do, the blessings that God has brought into my life, the wife, the godly wife that God has given me, godly children, godly friends. There's no way you can know how good my life is. I'm, I'm just serious. And I think you've got a lot of folks here in this room that would say the same thing. Now, life is hard. It's hard, some of the, the schedules and all those things. And yet, life is so good. That's what I want for you. The Bible says the way of transgressors is hard. So people who go into alcohol or they go into gambling or they go into pornography and they go down those roads, their life is full of misery. It's just full of misery. People that can't listen to instruction, they can't keep a good job, they can't have a good home. They can't provide properly for their families because they couldn't learn to listen. You see, we want the best for you. We really do. We want the best for you. You need to trust us. You need to trust the Lord and trust the way of the Lord. Let's sing. What do we have today, Pastor Nathan?